Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As we continue our examination of the qualifications for serving as a pastor in the local church, we see that there are three that remain. How is a pastor to guide his household? How long should a man be a Christian before he is considered a candidate for the pastoral office? And how is he to be viewed by those outside the church? Today on Drawing Near, Paul addresses these questions. So once again, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 as we study Pastoral Qualifications, Part 3. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you for the love that we have for you and from you. Father, you put this love in our hearts, love for you and love for one another. And we ask, Father, that as we seek to understand your word, you will guide us into all wisdom and knowledge and help us to live in a way that honors you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we've seen, being a pastor has a lot to do with a person's character. Along with needing to be able to teach, a pastoral individual needs to be someone who lives out the truths of God's Word in all of their relationships, and they need to be somebody that others can not only look to for guidance and counsel and instruction, but look up to as someone who lives out the truths of God's Word. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, we are told further about the qualifications for a pastor. It says, He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. As this passage focuses on the home, other qualifications have dealt with things in the church and things outside of the church. This deals with the home. And the qualifier here is actually found in verse 5, because the qualifier says, But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And so before someone is given the responsibility of being a steward over the household of God, they need to manage their own household well. What does it mean to manage their own household well? Well, because of the correlation between managing their home and managing the church, we need to assume that this person lives for Christ in their home as well as outside of their home. This person leads their wife and their children to godliness they set a godly example. They disciple their family members, guide and direct them with compassion and faith to living for Jesus Christ. They do not have any glaring omissions of how they live for Christ in their home. And it says in verse 4, keeping his children under control with all dignity. It's important if you're going to pastor the church that you know how to manage all sorts of people. And so a man who has children, and he has them from birth, should be able to teach and train and guide them into living in a dignified, honorable, godly way. And if they can't, then they probably can't disciple others in the congregation. For years when I was growing up, it was often said, 
that pastor's children were the worst children in the community. That is a glaring problem in light of what we see in verse 4. Part of what we assess when we look for a pastor is what their home looks like. Now, that can be tough because sometimes members in the home put on a pretty good show when there's a pastor being considered as a candidate. But we need to speak to these issues and search these things out. If a man is lazy in his home, if a man is negligent, if he's not loving and caring and compassionate to his wife, if he's not teaching and giving attention to his children, then he is not qualified to be a pastor. And I'll say one more thing regarding his children. A church needs to give the pastor time to be with his wife and his children. His children's needs are a consideration. Now, his children's needs are not the priority in his life. The priority in his life is serving the Lord as a man and as a pastor. But his children aren't to be neglected for the duties and obligations of the church. A godly and mature pastor is able to balance the two appropriately. The second of the three remaining qualifications is found in verse 6. It says, And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. A pastor should not be a new convert, a new believer. There are many people who, as soon as they get saved, they are on fire for the Lord, and they want to serve, and they want to do, and they want to be. We need to test their maturity. We need to test their understanding. Not only do they need to be qualified and prove that they have embraced the truths of God's Word, that they are maturing as a believer, that they are gifted in these things, but we need to protect them as well as protect the church. And we protect them by not giving them an office so early in their conversion, in their new life in Christ, that they can become prideful and conceited. I think it's interesting that Paul addresses this, because there is within a person a prideful kind of attitude when new responsibilities are thrust upon them too soon. Now, it can happen when it's thrust upon somebody later in their Christian life. But that's why we examine all of these characteristics in their life to make sure that they are protected, that they are garnered against pride and conceit. When someone is a new believer and they immediately rise to a position of teaching and leading other people who have been believers for a longer period of time, it's almost like putting a teenager in charge of the household. They think they know what they're doing and they can be conceited and puffed up and do a lot of damage and destruction. And the danger here we see at the end of verse 6 is, if they become conceited and prideful, then they can fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. The condemnation incurred by the devil is the fact that the devil decided that he was more than God. And so when a new believer is thrust into these positions of responsibility, and they become prideful, then they don't think they need instruction or guidance from anyone else. And maybe they become conceited and don't even look to God for wisdom and instruction. They become like the devil as an independent person, and they are puffed up, and they walk away from the truths of God's Word. We need to be careful not to create an environment in which a new believer experiences this. And then finally in verse 7, we're told, 
and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. We understand that people outside of the church may not understand the gospel, and they may not understand all of the things that a pastor teaches and preaches and lives out. But a pastor needs to be somebody who pays his bills, who manages his time well, who is a good member of the community as far as being a good citizen, a kind person, a gentle person, a peaceable person, all of those things we've looked at before. They need to not have a reputation of being a swindler, of trying to take advantage of people, of gossip and being contentious in the community. Even people outside of the church need to recognize this person has a good reputation. This person lives honorably. And this is so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. He will not give the devil any means of accusing him, of laying traps for him. This is a critical thing, not only for the pastor, but for the church. And I guess we need to say that as we conclude this section. The church needs to protect itself. Too often, churches just grab anyone that they can. Too often, churches are in such a hurry to fill the pulpit because they're afraid they're going to lose members that they don't do their due diligence in screening candidates for the pastoral office, and then they bring in somebody who does more damage than good. It's much easier to take the time necessary to screen and evaluate and call the right person than it is to get rid of the wrong person. And this wrong person can do a lot of spiritual damage that will last for a very long time in the church and in the community. We need to prayerfully consider these things. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us regarding these qualifications. I thank you personally as a pastor for bringing these things to the forefront of my mind. I need this reminder. I need this challenge to be what God has called me to be. And I pray that members of my church and members of other churches will pray for their pastor and will encourage their pastor to live the way God calls us to. And may we all aspire to be the kind of people that would be qualified should you call us to service. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.